morning, everyone. This morning's reading is Colossians 1, verses 15 to 23. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he, he is head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to re- reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard, and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. I wonder if... You've ever had a teenager, maybe, or somebody who has slammed out of a room, slammed the door behind them, and said words to the effect, I hate you. Has that ever happened to anybody? Oh, right, good, good. Well, actually, I I was one of those people who who said something that was really, uh, that had come into our family history, uh, and for many years we laughed about it. But it was my birthday, and I don't know how old I was. It was about eight. And I obviously wanted to do something, and I'd been refused it. And I came up with the famous words, famous in our family, what's the good of a birthday if you can't do what you like? <laughs> and, uh, and we said that, you know, so it came, came across sort of year after year, whenever we thought about birthdays, somebody had come up with the famous uh, phrase, But it wasn't just that occasion. There were many occasions where I would uh, hold on to the scruffy little dog that was Judy and say, you're the only one who loves me. Everybody hates me. But, you know, it wasn't true. Uh, I was loved by my mum and dad, and uh, I'm very, very grateful, and I I love them. But, you know, you have these moments where you just feel rebellious, don't you? And it's not surprising that you feel rebellious because we are naturally rebellious. We take after our mum and dad, not Matt and Lou, uh, in my case, but after Adam and Eve, who's our father and mother. And they uh, brought rebellion into the world. All of this, just don't touch this tree here. And they thought, well you know, perhaps God didn't quite mean that. Perhaps he wouldn't mind. And they rebelled against what he said. He gave them so much, 
but the rebellion was in their hearts and they, they uh, succumbed to the temptation. They rebelled. You know, uh, humankind has lost that perfect place that God wanted, that relationship where God uh, was walking with Adam and Eve in the, in the cool of the evening in the garden. God wants a relationship with his creation, and we've lost it. We've lost that peace uh, that he offers, that he, he, he gives, he offers to the whole world, but we've lost it. The Jews have a word for the special peace, and that's shalom. And it just doesn't mean an absence of uh, war. It means the wholeness, the completeness, the oneness of being right with God. And Andy talked about that a bit last week, didn't he? You know, this peace is not affected by what's going on in the world. It's not affected by what's going on in your life or the lives uh, of those around you. This is a peace with God, and it is absolutely wonderful, and that's what God wants for us. Now, I'm a, a fan of uh, whodunits. Anybody else a fan of whodunits? Oh, we've got one or two. What is the first question? If you've got, uh, if somebody's been murdered in the family and the detectives come and question you, what's the first question they ask? What? Where were you? <laughs> That's what they said at the nine o'clock as well. I, I must have been on a different wavelength. I think what they always say, they probably say, where were you as well? But I think they usually say, did he have any enemies? And uh, they, they always suspect, you know, uh, somebody who's holding a grudge against them. And most of us would say, oh, I haven't got any enemies, or he didn't have any enemies, I haven't got any enemies. But you know, the Lord God who made us and created us, he has got millions of enemies. It's absolutely horrendous, isn't it, that so many people in the world feel that, um, that they are enemies. Well, they mightn't feel like it, but they are enemies of God because that's what our reading spoke about today. We are at enmity with God if we haven't got that peace that he wants for us. He went to absolutely outrageous lengths to show that although mankind became his enemies, he was never their enemies. And we've been singing about this God, this Lion of Judah, uh, this, this God who outrageously goes to extreme lengths to show his love for us. He absolutely... Uh, adores us and he wants to give us that peace because he knows we're, we're rubbish without it and he knows we can't live our lives uh, on this earth when they end will end but God wants us to live with him forever he wants us to have that eternal life beginning now he wants to give us life in abundance he wants to give us a peace that is not affected by everything that's going on now, you may be thinking, well, you know, do we really need God? Because wouldn't the world be a lovely place if everybody uh, was kind and everybody was good? Does it matter which God uh, we actually worship? Does it matter if we are good people, enemies of God? Well, that's what the Bible says. 
It's important to have Jesus as Lord. And Jesus said that he's the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to God any other way except through Jesus. It's important who we worship. It's not just uh, that we try and be good. Because actually, we can't of ourselves be good. We live in rebellion. We have this nature that is against God. Let me, uh, let me, if you need any convincing, uh, I'm sure most of us have said at one time or other that something's not fair. We think that God could have done it a different way. We think that maybe we know better than God how we should run this world. You know, we live in a narcissistic society. And if you know a bit about Greek mythology, you'll know there was a guy called Narcissus who saw his reflection in a pool in a lake and he fell in love with it. He adored this thing that he was looking at and it was himself. He rejected anybody who came to him because he fell in love with, this, with his own reflection. And so we talk about a, a person like that being narcissistic. He's like Narcissus. Uh, and the, the legend goes that a, a Narcissus flower grew up in that place uh, when he died. But, you know, our society is more concerned about ourselves. You know, we think it's our rights that are important. How dare they speak against, uh, against this? How, you know, why, why shouldn't we have this? Even the adverts say, you know, you're worth it. Spend money on yourself. Uh, it's, it's good. It's all about you. I read some uh, astonishing facts uh, this week that even this year, the global beauty industry is worth uh, 395.7 billion pounds. Uh, that's just on beauty. 37 billion is just on uh, perfumes and aftershaves. You know, we, uh, we would rather uh, spend all that than feed the world. If, if you look at, uh, if you Google, how much would it cost to feed the world? Uh, there's various estimates. Anything between seven billion uh, pounds a year to about 40 billion pounds, but it's still far less than we spend on, on beauty products. And then if you add to that what we spend on alcohol, cigarettes, uh, the drug industry, it's huge. And this is our society, what we have become. Uh, it, it's all about ourselves and pleasing ourselves. We are uh, naturally self-centered when we should be God-centered. But what about those people who do lead uh, simple lives? Are they enemies of God too? Well, yes, if they don't acknowledge that God is right to be God. You know, when Adam and Eve uh, tasted the forbidden fruit, they were persuaded that, God, uh, that doing what God said doesn't really matter. That they knew, they were saying in effect, that they knew better than God. And human beings have been arrogant, haven't we? You know, we feel that our science, our brains, our technology, uh, you know, can do anything in this world. 
And there's been an argument, hasn't there, uh, sort of science against God. But actually, many, many science, scientists believe that there must be a God. But, you know, thousands of years ago, um, some people decided that they knew better than God, and they built a tower. You may have heard of it, the Tower of Abel. And they wanted to build this monument that reached to the heavens. They wanted to be up there with God. They felt that they were as important as God. And, you know, in little ways, perhaps we do as well. We want to uh, believe that uh, our way is a better way. And yet it's God who even gives us breath, God who gives us brains, God who gives us opportunities uh, to do everything. It's all down to God. Just imagine how you would feel if you had uh, done everything for a child of yours. You'd given this child life, and yet there'd come a stage where he had decided that he wasn't even going to call you his, his mom or his dad, that he didn't need you, that uh, everything that he'd achieved, which you'd done for him and given him, that he decided that he'd done it on his own and that he didn't, he didn't want you in his life. And you know, perhaps the greatest rebellion of all is denying that God exists. We wouldn't like it if a child of ours denied we exist, never mind God who's done everything for us. He went to enormous lengths, outrageous lengths, to show that he loves us. Once you are alienated from God, you are enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight. You know, we've been confronted, haven't we, these last few weeks with uh, all that's going on in the Ukraine and around the Ukraine. And we've, uh, we've got our opinions about uh, President Putin. And I was thinking, you know, what would it take for that man to humble himself and to withdraw, decide that this was the wrong way, that these people were going to uh, fight to the death. And what would it take for him to say, I've made a mistake, or, or to somehow save face? And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about how humble Jesus was. You know, when he uh, went to the cross, he wanted to show his love, and he didn't care that he was mocked, that he was tortured, that he was beaten, that he was stripped naked and hung on a cross to die. He was willing to do that to have, uh, so that we could have peace with God. The sinful nature wants to do evil, says Paul in, in another letter. You know, we still have this battle don't we, between what the flesh wants and what the spirit wants. We want to do what we want to do. But when God has given us, us his peace, then we uh, want to walk in the spirit. We want to have what God wants for us because he knows best. You know, Jesus has won the battle on the cross. He has died 
so that we can have peace with God. And it was a, a tremendous cost that Jesus did this for us. He went to hell for us. And, you know, we can have that peace and it costs us nothing. All it costs is for us to accept the free gift of grace. God died for us. And we can come and have that peace with God through the blood of Jesus. Perhaps uh, you've never experienced the peace of God. Perhaps you've never taken that step to say, Lord, I need you in my life. I need your peace. I'm sorry for rejecting you. I'm sorry for thinking I know better than you. And if you, if you would like the peace of God, uh, even today, if that applies to you, then please don't leave this place without uh, coming and chatting to, to one of us. And, uh, and we can pray. You can have the peace of God. You can become God's child right now in this place today. So I would encourage you to do that. And if you've already accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're grateful uh, that his blood has, uh, has been shed for you and that through him you have become righteous. And that's a challenge for, for those uh, of us here, isn't it? That Jesus wants to present us holy and blameless. And of ourselves, we can't be that. But God gives us the righteousness of Jesus, gives us his peace, and he clothes us in the righteousness of Jesus so that when God looks at us, he doesn't see the sin and the rebellion. He sees Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the amazing, amazing love that you have for each one of us. Even when we were your enemies, you were never our enemy. You love us, each one of us. So Father, we pray that uh, you will just give us your peace. Restore uh, your peace to us uh, when we uh, go our own way. And Father, we pray that each person in this place today will leave this place knowing the peace of God. Amen. Amen.